Ahead, a real change of pace, but a very beautiful story of music and love. It's RN God Forbid. National Palliative Care Week is underway, just started, and there's a musical story of palliative care that Jeff Wood, our RN music reporter, tracked down. But it's a story years in the making that began when he found a Timor-Leste choir, the Mary McKillop Choir in the former East Timor, singing a beautiful hymn in their Indigenous language, and it ended up all the way in New Zealand. Jeff Wood's with us now. Good day, Jeff. Good day, James. Yep, you've got the gist of it there. Uh, I had a request last year, 2016, from a listener in Christchurch in New Zealand, and yes, she'd heard me play this particular hymn years ago, and it had lodged in her mind. She was emailing me with this unusual and very moving request because she was a member of a choir in Christchurch called Women in Harmony, a community women's choir. One of their members had a terminal illness and had asked for this particular East Timorese song to be sung at her funeral. So I immediately made contact with Catherine and was told this incredible story, which really is about connection and community and this choir who who rallied around their terminally ill colleague. And uh, this is the story as told by two of the choir members themselves. I'm Judy Smitherum. I'm the chairperson, chairwoman for Women in Harmony. We're a community choir here in Christchurch. And I'm Eileen Reid. And I'm a member of the choir and have been for some years. We first sang Itahotu, the East Timor song, which is more or less a hymn, some years ago. And that was when Doreen, our, our friend, was a member of the choir. She asked if we would record that hymn, Itahotu, for her to use at her funeral service. Doreen was a member who, at the time when she was with the choir, this is over five years ago, was diagnosed with breast cancer. She's an amazingly resilient and positive woman and very beautiful. (laughs) And at the time, just so positive that she turned up to choir very soon after surgery, Mm. carrying all sorts of apparatus. She wasn't going to miss choir. And that was probably within a week, wasn't it, Judy? She had drains. She had three drains in and Mm. with the bags on the bottom, what she she called Huey, Dewey and Louie. So she had a great sense of humour that she had to wear cardigans that had pockets in to hold these drains on. And a wonderfully positive Mm. personality. Doreen was a a counsellor, so she was very much a people Mm. person. But she went through her treatment at that time, but then the quakes came and Doreen's from Holland. Her house was badly damaged and she went back to Holland. That was supposed to be, wasn't it, Judy, in the, in the short term? It was a visit back to Holland. Well, it was six months but, while her house was being repaired. Yes, while the house was being repaired, that's right. But she found her niche in Holland and found a wonderful job in an addiction centre as a counsellor and eventually stayed on. Unfortunately, the cancer returned. She recently took a trip back to New Zealand. We we all gathered to sing with her 
and it was at that gathering that she requested Itahotu to be a recording of that for her funeral service. Mm. And so we revisited Itahotu, the choir. Some of us remembered it from mm. way back, and we taught it to the new members and then recorded it for Doreen. about connection that as Eileen said before it's about that connection that music moves people and that Doreen one of her wise things that she said when she was out here was saying farewell to a a friend from the choir and said it's much too soon it's 20 years too soon and I thought there's great wisdom in that that it is 20 years too soon we'd all expect to get at least another 20 years Mm -hmm. of, of being friends and that friendship has lasted. We've been through significant events together. You know, it is a friendship. It's a choir that has bonds that we've supported people. I'm, I'm thinking that even in my life, that you know, I've got engaged in the choir sing there and at the, at the wedding they sing. And we actually sang mm-hmm. Itahotu at my mother's funeral. And the the choir was there at the graveside and as my mother's coffin was carried over to the graveside, they sang a song as her casket was carried over And one of our members, her grandson, died after a seven-month struggle with being alive. And she said the amazement, not the amazement, that's not really the right word, but the support she got from the choir, she just felt that she could come back because it didn't feel as though it was a place she was going to be judged. She just knew she was going to come back to a a warm atmosphere. A supportive group of women. That knew what she'd been through and weren't going to ask her questions that we're just going to give her a hug and welcome her and back sing. And, and we'll sing and and of course music has such incredible healing qualities especially shared music mm, yeah. and we've found that over the years haven't we Judy mm. it's yeah, mostly bonding and healing hmm. Judy Smitherum and Eileen Reed from the Women in Harmony Choir in Christchurch, speaking to RN's Jeff Wood about their much-loved friend from the choir, Doreen, who sadly died last year. The hymn she loved was played at her funeral as she requested. It's Palliative Care Week just begun, and a reminder that um, living and the dying aren't always separated by illness, sometimes and in some ways it brings us closer together. So, Virdas? One of the things that I like, a lot about Indian culture is that when people get old, we don't abandon them. You know what I mean? That's the one thing where the minute you hit 60 and if you've got two kids or three kids or whatever, you literally have three houses that you can go and live in full time. That's the age you come become invisible in this country. Yeah, I know. And in India, it's the complete reverse. So, I mean, if you hate your family, then it's a bad way to go. <laughs> but in India, if you love your family, you're 99% of the time you're surrounded by them when you go. That's what I like about India. You know, I always say that Indian parents don't 
raise children. Uh, we invest in our own futures. That's a deeply cultural practice, uh, taking care of uh, your elders. Especially at the palliative care moment when they're in need of 24-hour care? Uh, yeah, the, it's like the height of um, insult to send a person who, who can't care for themselves into a home. Yeah, That is like the biggest, most awful thing you can do. And you can't show your face in the community. Wow. Um, is but this... karma is a big thing to play in that as well. Whether hey, you no. like the person or not, you have to take care of them. It's karma. Mm. And, and the universe will give that back to you in a cool way if you do. Yeah. So this means it, it's connected to your Hinduism, not your Indianness. Yeah. Nah, I would say that it's an equal thing for Christians and Muslims in India as well. That's, it's a very Indian thing. Family stays with you when they get old. That's the thing. It's, it's a big NRI thing as well, where so many Indian kids come here, you know, to Australia, for instance, when they're 20, 25, stay here. But when their parents hit 60, 65, they bring them over to Australia. And it's always a weird thing to see, you know, Indian parents who have spent their whole life in India suddenly having to restart in this new culture and, and do dishes for the first time or mm-hmm. walk to Kmart for the first time. They've never had to do that in their life. And that's an interesting you know, restart in the second chapter of their life as well. 